thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. Lots of news today, ranging from Jerusalem as the world's rising capital, you know, Mystery Babylon, to some important news about the COVID pandemic, if I may use a new word I learned from Dr. Mercola, to war in the Mediterranean Sea. Let's get started. The rush is on to see which nation will be next to make headlines for joining the Abraham Accord military treaty and moving its embassy to Jerusalem. The Abraham Accord peace deal is no longer limited to the Middle East. Trump connected Israel to the peace treaty he made between Kosovo and Serbia, making sure that part of the deal was for them to move their Israel embassies to Jerusalem. So the spark of the Abraham Accord has now been dropped on the Balkans and could spread to Europe and elsewhere. More importantly, these peace deals are the jet fuel skyrocketing Jerusalem to become today's Babylon, Mystery Babylon. How long will it be before Jerusalem is in treaty with most of the westernized and Sunni nations? President Donald Trump's election salvaging mechanism is the treaty making now in full swing as he brokers treaty agreements which will be called peace deals between Israel and countries in the Middle East, North Africa, and now the Balkan nations of Kosovo and Serbia. The announcement that Israel and Kosovo have agreed to establish diplomatic relations is a welcome development for both nations, says this Haaretz article. But, as is often the case with Israel's leadership, this development is not only long overdue, but was also made for the wrong reasons. Moreover, framing it, as senior American and Israeli officials have done, as yet another win for Israel within the Arab and Muslim world, is a cynical spin that constitutes nothing less than diplomatic gaslighting. But the EU put the brakes on the Trump and Netanyahu move. The European Union warned Serbia and Kosovo on Monday that they could undermine their EU membership hopes by moving their Israeli embassies to Jerusalem. There is no EU member state with an embassy in Jerusalem, European Commission spokesman Peter Stano said. Any diplomatic steps that could call into question the EU's common position on Jerusalem are a matter of serious concern and regret. Israel's former ambassador to Serbia, Arthur Cole, questioned the move, saying, We're not connected to the Balkan conflict, and we're not supposed to be in the pact. Bahrain, though, has announced that it will sign on to the accord and normalize relations with Israel, and it is following Saudi Arabia's lead to open its airspace to Israeli commercial airline flights. Saudi Arabia appears to be warming up its people for a move to formalize relations with Israel by using Friday sermons. 
Abdul Rahman al-Sudais, the imam of the great mosque in Mecca, delivered a sermon last Friday that has been interpreted by some Saudi citizens as a prelude to normalization with Israel, and some Saudis are calling the move treason. It appears that one of the biggest achievements of the Abraham Accord is the lack of Muslim protests. Hmm. Malawi has now announced it will put an embassy in Jerusalem. It does not have an embassy in Israel and has not yet agreed to sign on to the Abraham Accord. Malawi is one of Daniel 11:40-45's countries in North Africa that will be overrun by the Iranian 4+2 coalition. It will be particularly dangerous for Malawi to be overrun because it is a majority Christian nation and nearly all of Malawi's Muslims adhere to Sunni Islam. Iran will see the entire population as its enemy. Sudan's ambassador to the United States, Noreldin Sati, told Newsweek that his government will support any deal that brings peace to the region, though stressed normalization with Israel is not a fait accompli. The Sudanese government has not pronounced itself formally on the Israel-UAE deal, he explained. As a peacemaker, I believe that whatever is good for peace is good for the region. The region needs peace more than anything else, but peace has to be inclusive and all-embracing. As things stand today, it is difficult to say that the Sudanese people are ready and willing to normalize ties with Israel, he added. This is a highly controversial issue, and the Sudanese people need time to weigh the pros and cons. But yet again, the issue of incentives and dividends is important. Sati probably is referring to that huge carrot at the end of a very short stick, which I will talk about in a moment. Right now, let's talk about Trump's Nobel or Noble victory. The Abraham Accord will be signed in Washington next week. The two heads of state, Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu, will be joined by the UAE's foreign minister, Abdullah bin Zayed. But some in Israel are asking, what's the rush? The breakneck speed with which the official White House ceremony was announced surprised several former members of Israeli diplomatic negotiation teams. A formal agreement takes a lot of time to articulate and to draft. It has to go through legal experts who weigh every word, said a retired Israeli brigadier general. He followed this, saying the ceremony will be more like a letter of intent, but he didn't say in exactly what way it will be such. It's no coincidence it's done in such a hurry, says Michael Herzog, a Washington Institute International Fellow. The Americans want to do it before the presidential election, but the order of things is reversed. First, they have a ceremony, and only then they'll try to translate that into a series of bilateral pacts. Gilead Sher, a senior researcher at the Institute for National Security Studies who served as former Prime Minister Ehud Barak's chief of staff, agrees. 
I think this whole story still hasn't been made clear to the public, he said. You know, we just have the general outline to the agreement, and maybe that's all they're going to sign. That would explain the timetable. But there was never a real conflict here, continued Cher. There were no combat zones, no territorial disputes, no violence. This isn't a historic breakthrough after a long, drawn-out negotiation, but merely a normalization of relations already over 25 years old. This is simply a diplomatic cover for what is essential a financial and military deal, he said. And this is why it isn't that complicated to arrange such a ceremony so quickly. Trump will get a big boost six weeks before the election because he has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. The White House press secretary said Trump is honored to be considered by the Nobel Committee for the Peace Prize. The Trump administration has called the UAE-Israel agreement a historic diplomatic breakthrough, but not everyone agrees such as Gilead Share and others. This MondoWeiss.net article criticizes the Abraham Accord as nothing more than a treaty for arms sales between the U.S. and the UAE, with making nice toward Israel in the middle, in which the Palestinians were given no consideration at all. Less than a week after Trump announced the Abraham Accord on August 13th, the story broke that Trump's senior advisor and son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and National Security Council Senior Director for the Middle East, Miguel Correa, had been secretly pushing for the U.S. to sell F-35 stealth fighters, weaponized drones, and other advanced military equipment to the Emiratis. Anwar Gargash, the UAE's Minister of Foreign Affairs, said that his country had placed their request for the F-35 jets six years prior. Well now, it's really handy to remember what people want, right? A stick needs a really good carrot to make a nation like the UAE openly embrace Judaism. Now, just wait a minute for that one, please. I will get to it. He denied that the normalization deal was connected to his country finally being granted their request, but Trump administration officials later admitted that the deal had paved the way. On August 18th, leading Israeli newspaper Ynet News reported that the Abraham Accord included a secret clause wherein the UAE would get to buy billions of dollars in advanced U.S. military hardware. Netanyahu, ever the prince of political drama, feigned outrage that the UAE might get to purchase F-35 stealth fighters from the U.S., thereby threatening Israel's position as the most mighty armed air force in the Middle East. On September 6th, Yediot Aharonot reported that Netanyahu will be requesting additional U.S. weapons for Israel to offset the impact of the new U.S. weapons sales to the Emiratis. 
These additional weapons will pile on top of the $3.8 billion the U.S. already gives Israel annually in military assistance, 100% of which must be used for purchases from U.S. weapons manufacturers. Both these deals are good news for Israel and for the U.S.'s economy, which is now in a slump. Another boost for Trump's election. On September 7th, Trump spoke out against the revolving door of U.S. weapons sales and endless wars, pushing back against a report in the Atlantic that he had disparaged fallen U.S. soldiers as suckers and losers. He accused Pentagon leaders of wanting to do nothing but fight wars so that all of those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy. But Donald Trump himself is making these wonderful companies happy by cutting a deal for them to sell tens of billions in weapons to the Emiratis, a country that is mired in the war in Libya and was, until recently, one of the leaders of the brutal war in Yemen. Oh my, how things change when we exchange one friend for another. It isn't just the White House's current Arms for Peace deal that contradicts Trump's new claim that he is the white knight candidate who will finally put a damper on the military-industrial complex. Less than six months after taking office, Trump signed an agreement with Saudi Arabia, the main perpetrator of the war in Yemen, for $110 billion in immediate U.S. weapons sales and $350 billion in sales over the following 10 years. On April 16, 2019, Trump used his veto power to quash a bipartisan congressional resolution that would have mostly ended American military involvement in the war in Yemen, a war that has killed thousands of civilians, created the worst humanitarian crisis on the planet, and helped companies like Raytheon, Boeing, and Lockheed Martin increase their already enormous piles of wealth. Not only did Trump continue U.S. involvement in the war in Yemen, rather, but the following month in May 2019, his administration used an emergency declaration to push through, without congressional approval, an $8.1 billion arms deal with Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and the UAE. With Trump touting himself as the anti-war candidate, Fox News host Laura Ingram said on her show, The Ingram Angle, If you want to reign in the Pentagon, Trump is your only option. But the Pentagon budget has increased annually every year over the past five years under Trump's watchful eye and without exercising his right to veto. The fiscal year 2020 saw a colossal $738 billion budget for the Department of Defense. And for the fiscal year 2021, Trump is seeking a whopping $750 billion DOD budget. Although the Abraham Accord to formally normalize relations between Israel and the UAE will be signed next week at the White House, the issue of U.S. weapons sales to the UAE 
isn't yet set in stone. Such sales will require congressional approval, and according to congressional aides speaking with CNN, the relevant committees in Congress have yet to even be notified. And now what about the Palestinians in all of this? The Palestinians attempted to get some kind of honorable mention in the arms deal. For now, it appears that the Jews have gotten their wish to sideline the issue of the 12 tribes in Israel. Those 12 tribes, represented by the people living in mostly the West Bank and Jordan, are not Israelites in the biblical sense of Israel defined as people who know Yeshua is their God and King. Rather, these are mostly physical descendants of Jacob and Esau. As Jacob's descendants who are non-Jews, they will suffer, but their suffering may lead many to Yeshua before Jacob's sorrows. The first half of the tribulation is over. The Edomites among them will be killed at Armageddon at the second half of the tribulation called Jacob's trouble and the great tribulation if they don't repent and become biblical Israelites and citizens of the kingdom of Israel, not to be confused with the UN-created modern political state of Israel, which is not biblical Israel. For now, the plight of the Palestinians remains in limbo. Palestinian leaders won renewed Saudi support for Palestinian statehood on Wednesday, but failed to persuade the Arab League to condemn the deal between Israel and the UAE. At a video conference of foreign ministers, the Palestinian leadership softened its censure of the UAE in the hope of getting more Arab support, but to no avail. No matter how the Palestinians argued and tried to win some kind of consolation prize out of this situation, the Arab countries failed to reject the UAE-Israel normalization deal. The Eurasia Review writes that the Abraham Accord sidelining the Palestinian question will prompt the other Arab states to improve ties with Israel due to their fear of Tehran and Ankara. Getting the Palestinian issue out of the way, making it a non-issue, will allow the other Sunni nations to get their arms deals with the U.S. done. Newsweek reports that the accord is not a peace deal. Israel and the UAE have never been at war. But it is nonetheless a potent symbol of a new emerging political reality in the Gulf where a fresh generation of rulers are looking to closer ties with Israel and the U.S. in the face of the threat from Iran. Remember, I keep saying the Revelation 6-2 crowned writer who carries a bow with no arrows is a political winner, not a war conqueror. The intractable Palestinian question has long hamstrung Israeli efforts to normalize ties and foster closer cooperation with its Arab neighbors. The question of annexation remains unanswered, though. And now let's look at what the Jews are doing about 
the kosher issue. The Abraham Accord is affording the Jews the opportunity to forward their Judaism option in a Sunni nation. Authorities in Abu Dhabi sent a memo on Tuesday instructing all hotels in the city to offer kosher food and beverage options, but not just any kosher options. No, these particular options must have kosher certificates issued by rabbis. Now, you may say I am making more of this than needs to be, since everywhere Jews live on the earth, kosher food and beverages are offered. But let's remember where we are in the timeline of prophecy now. This important inroad is coming about in the years just prior to the revealing of the Jewish Antichrist, whose authority will stretch even into the Sunni Muslim nations, where Christians and Jews live, Christians and Messianic Jews who believe Yeshua is the Messiah, in all the nations where Jewish laws can be made to be followed by non-Jews, these people will be in danger. Israel 365 reports, as part of the growing relations between the UAE and Israel, a cooperative virtual event was held, bringing Jews together from the two countries, welcoming in the Sabbath. Remarkably, says this report, Jewish tradition describes a double Sabbath as being the precursor to redemption. And as we all know, the precursor to the redemption is the arrival of the Jewish Messiah. Image streaming will be a huge part of the Antichrist's method of spreading Judaism around the world from Temple Mount. And I know I have not released my book explaining why we are not to make or own or interact in any way with images, but surely you can see the danger of streaming images of the Antichrist and his priests into your home. Now let's take a look at COVID. Dr. Mercola revealed something disturbing this week. Information obtained via FOIA or FOIA requests reveals researchers at the University of Pittsburgh are working on corona thrax. They intend to insert the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, which allows the virus to gain entry into human cells, into Bacillus anthracis, the causative agent of anthrax. Event 201, he says, was a pandemic preparedness simulation hosted in New York City by the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in October 2019. And 10 weeks before the COVID-19 outbreak first began in Wuhan, China. This scripted, and I believe he's right, it is scripted, tabletop exercise 
select portions of which are featured in the introduction of Plandemic 2 above, included everything we now see playing out in real time in the real world from PPE shortages, lockdowns, and removal of all civil, civil liberties to mandated vaccination campaigns, riots, economic turmoil, and the breakdown of social cohesion. Many of the discussions revolved around the development of strategies to limit and counter the spread of expected misinformation about the pandemic and subsequent vaccines. In addition to censorship of certain views, their plan included the use of celebrities and other social media influences influencers rather to model and promote adherence to pandemic response edicts. Just as in real life, one of the pieces of misinformation that would need to be countered was rumors that the virus had been created and released from a bioweapons laboratory. However, mounting evidence now suggests SARS-CoV-2 is indeed a laboratory creation, whether released by accident or on purpose. Increasingly, conspiracy theories are turning out to be factual conspiracies, and as noted in an August 20th, 2020 article on YO News, the real conspiracy now, according to Mercola, is that the COVID virus created a pandemic. All kinds of alterations to the biological world are being made in laboratories around the earth. Back in March and June, I wrote about more coronaviruses coming that would be different than this one and that these new viruses may be described in Revelation 9. Here's what I wrote. The coronavirus microbe wears a crown. This crown virus appears to be a precursor to the book of Revelation plagues. And then in June, I I reported that scientists are working with the locust insect to alter its swarming behavior. This is important for the swarming aspect of those things that whatever they are in the book of Revelation, the way they swarm Locust DNA is being studied to control locust populations as Africa is being ravaged again this year by locust swarms. Could Franken scientists be working on creating a Franken locust that can be set loose on the earth that do not go after the greenery, but the humans instead? Revelation 9.4 says they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those people who don't have God's seal on their forehead. What do you think is the possibility that these bigger-than-ever swarms, of which there are great numbers of swarms, were genetically modified and released into Africa to see if the scientific experimentation worked? You think I'm crazy?
Think again. This article says locust research is designed to alter the behavior of locusts for the protection of crops. Dr. Song and his team are dedicated to improving our understanding of the evolution of locust behavior and the genetic mechanisms behind swarming with the aim of developing an effective method of controlling these pests and that's supposedly for the purpose of protecting defenseless crops. One science fiction movie, The Eighth Plague, portrays how scientifically modified locusts killed people. Remember, the New World Order always lets us know what they intend to do. This year's locust swarms are the worst on record, and I'll have more about that in a minute. This also makes me wonder if the locusts have been modified and are now being used by the New World Order to create such a loss of crops that could see millions of people die from famine. And I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute. I think you know the answer to that. Locusts are infestations that eat the greenery. But John's locusts do not eat the greenery in Revelation 9.4. Instead, they torment or eat people. And they torment or eat particular people. Those who do not have Yahweh's supernatural mark on their foreheads. People will be tormented for five months with an infestation that hurts like being stung over and over by a scorpion. Revelation 9.6 says these people will seek death but won't find it. This week, so that what I just read you was from my article in June, but this week comes this article from The Big Wobble. Now listen to this. The titanic swarms of migratory locusts have put 7 million people in the southern region of Africa at risk of famine. The ravenous insects are distinct from the desert locusts, which have devastated crops in the Horn of Africa, the Middle East, Arabia, India, and Pakistan. These locusts are distinct from the desert locust. Why? Have they been scientifically modified to be more destructive on purpose? While far smaller, the migratory locusts are spreading at a voracious pace. A single swarm can contain millions of locusts and can eat in a day the equivalent of what 2,500 people would consume, according to the Food and Agriculture Organization. The UN agency has called for urgent action to prevent a wider problem as farmers struggle to recover from last year's drought and the economic effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, what a great time to introduce more voracious food eaters than during a man-made pandemic, to use Dr. Mercola's term. That way, more useless eaters in Africa can be killed through illness and famine without the New World Order's own fingerprints on it. And more of them can get COVID because... They're already weak. Yes, oh yes.
I believe the United Nations New World Order is that dastardly. The gigantic swarms are unusual for locusts, which usually adopt a solitary lifestyle. Hmm. Tests on the migratory locust found that young nymphs, known as hoppers, band together when they identify a sweet-smelling pheromone, a chemical which, like the love hormone serotonin, makes you attracted to someone. This chemical attraction has led to the billion-strong outbreaks of adult insects in various parts of the world, foreshadowing plague proportions. Now, back to Mercola's article and a look at another swarming behavior, not of insects, but scientists. As if there aren't enough unanswered questions already, he says, uncertainty is piled on top of uncertainty as experimentation with full infectious SARS-CoV-2 has exploded in recent months. It is evident that swarms of academic researchers with little prior experience with coronaviruses have leapt into the field in recent months. The biggest risk is the creation and accidental release of a novel form of SARS-CoV-2. Each additional lab that experiments with CoV-2 amplifies the risks. High-security biosafety labs around the world are clamoring to get in on the action, and according to Richard Ebright, an epidemiologist at Rutgers University, such research is now taking place in every or almost every BSL-3 facility in the U.S. and overseas. In an August 17, 2020 article, um, Latham reports that at least one safety breach involving a modified SARS-CoV-2 virus has already occurred this year when a lab mouse injected with the virus bit the researcher. As reported in a 2014 USA Today article, safety lapses at biosafety labs are far more common than anyone might imagine. Between 2008 and 2012 alone, more than 1,100 lab incidences involving highly infectious germs were reported to federal regulators, but the details are shrouded in secrecy. In 2015, Bill Gates said we needed to start preparing for pandemics as if preparing for war. In 2018, Bill Gates said a deadly new disease is coming and it might not even be a flu, but something we've never seen before. Earlier that same year, Melinda Gates said the biggest global risk she could imagine is a bioterrorist attack. Folks, think Revelation 9 when reading about these man-made pandemics. Now let me tell you how you might get vaccinated without your knowledge. Medical facilities are taking advantage of people's lack of knowledge to vaccinate them without their knowing, according to one whistleblower. All hospital inpatients are required to sign consent forms allowing all kinds of treatments for them while incarcerated in the hospital. One of the words on the consent form is biologics. 
You consent to having biologics put in you as medicine. What is a biologic? Biological medicine. What constitutes biological medicine? A vaccine. Your consent to this lets them vaccinate you to their heart's content. You know, Africa simply gets the brunt of all that the New World Order wants to experiment with or implement worldwide. And Africa is now suffering not only from those swarms and other things, but is now suffering from a polio outbreak brought on by the coronavirus. The United Nations has been forced to admit that a major international vaccine initiative is actually causing a deadly outbreak of the very disease it was supposed to wipe out. While international organizations like the WHO, World Health Organization, will regularly boast about eradicating polio with vaccines, the opposite seems to be the case with vaccines causing the deaths of scores of young people, young people living in Africa, breeding age people, folks, Health officials have now admitted that their plan to stop wild polio is backfiring as scores of children are being paralyzed by a deadly strain of the pathogen derived from a live vaccine causing a virulent wave of polio to spread. This latest pharma-induced pandemic started out in the African countries of Chad and Sudan with the culprit identified as vaccine-derived polio virus type 2. Officials now fear this new dangerous strain could soon jump continents, causing further deadly outbreaks around the world. Shocking as it sounds, this big pharma debacle is not new After spending some $16 billion over 30 years to eradicate polio, international health bodies have accidentally, it says, reintroduced the disease in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and also Iran, as the Central Asia region was hit by a virulent strain of polio spawned by the pharmaceutical vaccine. Also in 2019, the government of Ethiopia ordered the destruction of 57,000 vials of type 2 oral polio vaccine following a similar outbreak of vaccine-induced polio. The same incident has happened in India as well. It's important to note that the oral polio vaccine is being pushed by the Global Polio Eradication Initiative, a consortium which is supported and funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It breaks my heart how those people, black people, are abused by the light-skinned folks who are stirring up the Black Lives Matter mobs. Where is BLM in regard to blacks being abused and misused in this way? I don't want to say this, 
But blacks in the westernized world are blind to what they are doing when they join the rich New World Order white man's BLM and Antifa movements. These movements simply raise people's level of violence. They are not creating a positive change. And now this from Natural Blaze. The same forces instigating social unrest and elections chaos are engineering a man-made famine and attempting to take over food production, exactly as happened in the Soviet takeover of Ukraine by spreading fraudulent COVID-19 tests to farm workers and meat plants. From John Podesta to the UFW to Tyson to the Rockefellers, this podcast explores the players, groups, and deep connections between those behind the agenda to reset the table, so to speak, and use food, get this, use food as a weapon. The podcast is only 20 minutes long and worth listening to. Now let's turn our attention to war. And right now we're going to turn to the Turkey-Greece war. Turkey has deployed its military to Greece's border because of the conflict over who owns the fossil fuels under the Mediterranean Sea. And Turkey's armed forces on Sunday began annual exercises in the breakaway Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, an entity recognized only by Ankara, as tensions continue to rise with Greece in the eastern Mediterranean. Turkey's hunt for gas and oil reserves in the waters claimed by Greece has put a huge strain on the relationship between the two NATO members. So we'll be watching this to see how it turns out. The insulting characterizations of the Greek armed forces by Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has provoked reactions from Athens. According to a report by George Papa Constantinou and open, on Open TV, on a rhetorical level, what well-informed sources said is that everyone in Turkey should understand that the Greek armed forces are not joking. The same sources added that if the Turkish president decides to make the mistake of taking the first step, then he should know in advance that this first step will have a destructive response for him and for Turkey. And now a look at protester wars in America. It has been revealed that protesters in Portland, Oregon, may be getting support from the city they are destroying, though it is far from certain the municipality knows about it. Natural News brought the story forward this week, reporting on a COVID tent city erected for Portland's homeless to have a safe place to stay during the COVID outbreak. However, at least one protester has been spotted within the tent city. He fired a slingshot at a person filming him within the tent city. And then two members of the Boogaloo Boys 
an anti-government extremist movement were arrested on Thursday, last Thursday, for allegedly conspiring and attempting to become assets to a foreign terrorist organization that shared their anti-U.S. government views, Hamas. Last, Israel may be, may be, in full lockdown for the feasts that start on the evening of September 18th, next Friday, with Yom Teruah, I have been waiting before sending this file to my editor so that I might add this information to the report, but, alas, no such announcement has been made. I must move on. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers-Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end-of-days Bible prophecy.